Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there, and the third of our summer shorts. Before we get going, just want to mention what you should be doing if you're listening to us for the first time, or maybe you've listened to us before. Don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. And leave us a review too. Let us know what you think about the podcast, what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like in future episodes, because that all helps to big us up in podcast land. Now, before we get on to today's subject, Claire, I do have a big problem. Well, I know you've got a few, but what one's this one? So last week I was in York on a bit of a summer break and lovely city. You should go check it out. It's beautiful. But the problem was I decided I was going to have no social media last week, no TV, just some books, bit of running, properly chilling out and disconnecting from the outside world. Mm -hmm. However, I did have a few messages last week from people saying, you know, inquiring about work or getting in touch for one reason or another. And I just left them a message back and I said, I'm on holiday at the moment. Let me give you a shout when I get back on Monday. Now, here's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. I get back on Monday And in my head, because I hadn't written any of this down, in my head, I knew there were several people that I needed to get back in touch with who had inquired over the last week. Mm -hmm. Could I remember where they got in touch with me? No. Was it Messenger? Was it LinkedIn? Was it Facebook? Instagram? Did they send me a text message? Did they ring me up and leave me a voice message? How did they get in touch? (laughs) All these different mediums you've got to find to try and find the person who's got in touch. (laughs) It's all very well, though, isn't it, having all of this this social media, but... It can be really confusing and I think especially as you say if you're on holiday and you've responded to something there and then because obviously you want them to know that you've received it but to let them know when you're going to be going back to them by the time you've gone through six different social media platforms that was a nightmare back in like pre-internet days if you if someone wanted to get in touch with you they'd phone you up or write you a letter or knock on your door knock on your door oh, yeah well, why not they'd pop round if it was like a neighbour or something or someone who lives lo- live locally they'd just pop round and ring the doorbell and well, I don't think people really knock on doors anymore yeah anyway maybe there needs to be some sort of central hub or something where you can like uh, you go to one place one app and it connects all of your connections together maybe I don't know someone needs to invent one of those yeah that would be good wouldn't it so you've got what yeah one place with all your different social media platforms and you could have the notifications that you can see straight away and you know what ones are waiting for you yeah that's a good idea you can have that idea for free go and make it go and get someone go and make it happen during the month of August uh, Paul and I decided to do something a little bit different we've both been having uh, some time away a much needed break uh, not together hasten to add um, so we decided what we would do is create some special episodes namely the summer shorts so we will be talking about specific topics from questions that have been asked from our listeners although we could go away together I mean there'd be nothing wrong with that I, mean, <laughs> would, yeah. I didn't I just felt I needed to say that it's funny uh, so yeah we've been listening to uh, what our listeners have been asking us and we decided to create some mini episodes based on their questions okay let's fire up a question and see if we can answer this one Hi Claire, hi Paul, Helen Clyde here from the Beehive Buzz Hub. Absolutely loving the Big Little Business Show. I think your topics that you cover are absolutely brilliant. Um, And I have such a giggle when I listen to um, you playing pranks on each other and making jokes. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. So my question is, I want to start a new business. Where do I begin? What do I need to do and how do I go about it? can't wait to hear what you have to say thanks this is a really big question how do you start a business and I know that a lot of people have 
thought about starting a business. I know that I did before I actually started my own business and it can be really daunting and really overwhelming. There's so many unanswered questions and you haven't done it before. There's not a a book to teach you how to do certain things, but I do think there are some fundamental steps that need to be addressed prior to actually starting a business. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast. There is a danger of procrastination as well, of thinking about setting it up and making plans to start your business and doing it for so long that you don't actually get around to starting your business. Uh, So perhaps... This is a good opportunity to maybe think about the top three things, perhaps, that you need to get in the bag, off and running, done before. And then then once you've done them, then you can press go. And then the other stuff you can build up and add on to and, and develop along the way. I think that's actually the reason why a lot of people don't, because it's the fear of the unknown. And it is uncomfortable, especially if you've come from a corporate background and an employed position of nine till five, you where you've been guided and told, you know, this is what we need to do. There's a manual for this and there's the instructions for that. You don't have anything. And I remember when I first started my business, I had a blank piece of paper in front of me. I thought, well, everyone has business cards, so I better get some business cards. Then each decision you make creates another question. So the business cards, what colour, what picture, what do you have on it? Where do you go? You know, there's all these different sites and questions. And I think that's well, I do know that's where a lot of people just think, well, you know, I can't do it. I'll stay in that safe place. And I do understand that because it can be really scary and daunting. And I was terrified when I started my own business. But when you get your the fundamentals, as I said there, I think that's where you can build from the ground up. But you need to have those few things present at the beginning i think perhaps the first thing and it really does depend on what kind of business you're starting whether it be a um a a service-led business or you're selling a product um things could be slightly different for those kind of two aspects but i think one of the most important things you should do at the beginning is maybe ask yourself some questions and do a little bit of research so understand fundamentally why you're doing it so what you're hoping to achieve within the business and what you're hoping to achieve personally from the business, because they could be two completely separate things. And also and, and also then maybe do a bit of research and understand uh, what I mean is you might come up with a really great idea uh, and think that will be fantastic. And then you do your research and understand what kind of audience might be interested in buying that product or service. And then your initial idea might change a little bit as a result of the research you've done. So I think that's an important process to go through and maybe something you need to spend maybe a week or so doing. Uh, And then once you've got those two things in place, then you can start making things happen, I think. I think the the big part of that is being flexible with your approach because you might be so excited about an idea or concept you've come up with. But until you research the industry, like when I researched the industry to know what I was getting involved with and what already was out there, maybe your idea might be similar to others. And therefore, if you're going to be offering something different and that's not already out there, it's a continuous evolving cycle. And I believe that happens in business anyway, but especially at the beginning, you've got to adapt to what already is out there and make sure that you're creating a niche for yourself. Yeah, perhaps that's the third thing, Claire, as well, is finding out how many other people or who out there is already doing this. Uh, and therefore, that gives you might, might give you an idea of 
whether you need to change your initial idea because someone else is doing exactly the same thing or tweak it so you're offering something a little bit different. Yeah, that's an important question to ask, isn't it? Yeah, but I think at the same time, it's important not to compare. There's a real fine balance with this one and not to compare yourself. The industry that I'm in is huge um, and... I think it can be very dangerous and quite self-sabotaging for people. Is that a word, self-sabotaging? Yeah, so. it's a good, good word. I'm, we'll I'm going to write it. that down. That's like It's like a hyphenated <laughs> word. It's two words. <laughs> it's two words together. I've created, <laughs> moulded into one. Um, when I was looking at yeah, what was out there, it's so easy to go, well, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could be as big as you know these people. But never forgetting actually why you're doing what you're doing in the first place and what you have to offer, which is unique to you, which very often can just be your... Your personality. That's amazing that we've had quite a lengthy conversation right there uh, without taking the mickey out of one another or digging <laughs> at one another uh, or, or, or being silly. That was really sensible. It was really sensible. It won't happen often. If you're listening to the podcast for the first time, that's rare. This is a special that's episode rare. you're listening to right now. So there are quite a lot of different episodes that we've done in the past that touch on different aspects which might be able to help you here if you're starting a business and don't quite know where to start. Uh, one particularly comes to mind is the lovely Sandra Francisco, who we spoke to uh, earlier on this year. And I know she's coming up again as a guest on the podcast in future months. So let's check in with her. And also our regular tech expert, David McClelland, who's also got some really interesting things uh, to make you think about some kit and some things you might need to invest in to get yourself going. This is the Big Little Business Show. Uh, what about training, um, Sandra? Is there any particular training that you feel would really help people you know, get off the block quickly? Yes. So it, again, it depends on what is the you know idea, where, what is it that they're trying to build. But I would say get specific. If you're going to do training, uh, rather than you know broad training or high-level training that doesn't really speak to what it is you're trying to do. If you're trying to build a business online, for example, which, hey, let's face it, who isn't anymore? (laughs) It's the new world, right? I think we all live there. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So you may want, if if it's brand new to you, if it's not, you're not familiar with social media, you're not familiar with marketing online. But again, I will say that sometimes you get too stuck in the training and you think, oh, I need to go get certified in this, or I need to be, you know, an expert in this. So I'm going to take a ton of courses in this area. And I haven't seen that to be the greatest success. I mean, for me, when coaching came to me as a love, my, you know, intellectual uh, headspace said, got to go get certified. You know, it's just the first thing that came to my mind. And I did. And I got, I went and got my certification. I've never had any of my clients ask me for that. I've never used any of those skills in my coaching, but yet, yes, I, I spent, you know, over a year doing that because I felt like I had to. So I I would say don't get too caught up on needing to be an expert or needing a business degree, but get more micro in specific skills you need. I want to talk about some new tech and some things people can do if they want to get from the ground up and start from scratch. But for people who are already finding themselves working from home, and as we're talking right now at the end of January, we've got homeschooling going on as well. So there's a real battle going on for broadband space. So, and you really need to have quite a strong broadband game in order to survive working at home now, don't you? Yes, and that that's another one of the challenges because, you know, uh, if 
in my home. I use that as an example. We have my my wife who is largely working from home. She's a key worker, but can do some of her work from home. We've got my two kids who are also schooling. You know, they're they're taking the downstairs space. That means that me, who kind of also wants to be in my cocoon when I'm working from home, I need to be in some fluff, far flung corner of the house. Now, our broadband router is downstairs. It's near to the TV because that's also plumbed in. So Netflix and things like that work. But it means that I'm at the other side of the house when it wants when I need to be doing my work. And invariably these days, that's video conferencing. So you're right, we're putting a lot more strain on our broadband connections at home. And, and also we're, we're stretching it. We're doing work in different parts of the house where maybe that signal isn't as strong. So what can you do, particularly if you live in an old house like I do, where those Wi-Fi signals don't penetrate the walls all that well? I have the same problem. I live in an old cottage. Yeah. Brick walls are my enemy. Mm, yes, uh, mine too. So a couple of things to consider. Um, a new breed of router has come along, these mesh routers. And what these do is that these have, um, you've still got your main router that's plugged into your master socket, if you like, you know, the, the good old fashioned telephone socket in your house but they've also got these little satellite routers throughout your home and they they've got this little back channel if you like that they talk to each other on which is a high capacity and then they create their own little wi-fi network in those different zones of the house and they all work together so that hopefully you'll be able to have seamless coverage throughout your home they can be quite expensive uh, and you know that there are a few from popular companies that you might have heard of in the past like uh, uh, netgear amazon's just bought a company as well, Eero. So there are a few of those. That, that, that's one thing to look out for. There is another option. You can use your mains, uh, your electricity supply in your house as a way to feed the internet throughout your house with these little mains uh, um adapters. So what you do is you take a little wire out of your router, plug it into this little box that then plugs into your 13 amp plug socket. And then that kind of takes up a little bit of your um, a little bit of your electricity supply, if you like. It, it, it doesn't use any of the supply, it just uses a different set of frequencies uh, in, that, in that connection. And that means that if you plug in another box somewhere else in the house, maybe where you are having problems getting a signal, then that little box can itself repeat that Wi-Fi connection. Or you can plug it into a device if you do have a way to plug it in. That way, you're not having to run cables through your home to get the fastest speeds. You're using your electricity supply uh, uh, instead of running a dedicated cable. That can also work very well if you have a home office uh, in your garden, at the bottom of the garden, for example, where Wi-Fi won't won't reach very often. If you've got a, uh, if you've got an electricity supply running from your consumer unit in your house down to the bottom of the garden or the shed or wherever, and have another one of these power line adapters just out there, then that will provide you with an internet connection wherever you are on your domestic supply. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. This is something that actually I really struggled with when, when I first started my business is what do you need? Um, you know, if, if, as I said earlier, you know, if you're employed, you've got all the stuff there in front of you. But where do you begin to purchase your equipment? Um, you know, is your if you're working from home, is your broadband suitable for that? And all these different questions that are, are really, really important. And if you're not a technically minded person, it can just be where on earth do you start? Um 
I started with something, a laptop that looked quite nice, which doesn't mean to say that actually it did the job. And if what's that saying? You were on dial-up, weren't you? Dial-up, probably, yeah. Do you remember back in the... Are you old enough to remember when you had dial-up internet and it used to work on your phone line? So, like, if your mum was on the phone downstairs and you were using your computer, are you, Mum, put the <laughs> phone down, I'm on the internet? I don't remember that at all. Those were dark days on the internet right there. So could you only have the phone or the computer going? You can have both? Yep. You, yeah, yeah, so your the data that ran your <laughs> internet connection came down the phone line. So if you were on the internet mm. and your mum or your dad downstairs decides they want to phone Auntie Beryl or something, and they start yabbering on the... And, Mum, I'm on the internet. I do remember the dial round phones. I do remember that. My grandma, my grandmama had one, so she had the. Oh, you're older than you d- look, aren't you? Damn cheap. <laughs> so that that pretty much does it. That you can listen to both of those episodes in full and a whole bunch of others which are in our back catalogue. Uh, and uh, our summer shorts continue right the way through our August, and we will at the end of August let you know exactly what's coming up when we go back to our full length episodes. Don't forget to follow and subscribe and pick us up on social media. You can continue the conversation by finding us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn and all the other places. And we're out of here and voiceover man's coming next. And say goodbye, Claire. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. 